The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Peter, James, and John had here a quite the worship experience on the mountain. It is one of those uh, literal mountaintop experiences uh, that we see happen throughout the scriptures. Moses and Elijah, who appeared on the mountain with Jesus speaking there, they had their own mountaintop experiences. We heard this uh, in our early lesson uh, from today of Moses up on the mountain, enveloped by this cloud of glory. But you and I, we also have had our mountaintop experiences, uh, maybe even while on a literal mountain. Uh, mountaintop experiences being those uh, spiritual high points in our life. Uh, and they may or may not happen in a church building. <laughs> Uh, you know, for many of us, we have had uh, spiritually uplifting, significant moments, mountain peak moments uh, in uh, the topography of our faith journey, places where we felt palpably in our being, that we knew that God was present there with us, that we knew that we were beloved by God that our sin was forgiven, that all was well because God is on the throne and Jesus, his son, crucified, risen from the dead, ascended to the right hand of the Father, that, that he is also with us, comforted by these promises by the Holy Spirit. I know, uh, having worked at a camp for many years, uh, I, at Camp Moana was one of those places where I had many such experiences. I say many such, but 
the reality is, is that uh, the reason why they're significant is that these moments don't come along every day. You know, uh, Peter, James, and John, we hear at the end of the passage that they came down off the mountain. And if you read on in the gospel, you see that uh, they were confronted with the same troubles that they had faced before they went up the mountain. And so it is that these mountain peak experiences in our spiritual life uh, are momentary, and they are all the more significant because of it. I invite you to give some reflection this afternoon on your own spiritual biography and to look back and to just to note some of those places, moments in your life where you have become palpably aware of the presence of God. If you've been following the news, uh, you may have heard over these past couple weeks about just such an experience that many, are, many people are having at Asbury, a college and seminary in Kentucky. Uh, there is a revival that has broken out, nonstop worship for about two weeks now. And, uh, and it's not only the college students that are, are having this, this wonderful experience uh, of, of, as you hear them, uh, their reports uh, as journalists go and interview them, the reports of people saying, you know, that they just aware of God's presence of God's love for them, uh, of the forgiveness of their sins. Uh, and in fact, this has been uh, such a, an event that, uh, that other people, uh, besides those college students, have traveled uh, almost as if on a pilgrimage to Asbury to see what it's all about. Some of them uh, skeptical, some of them curious, some of them uh, wanting to have just such an experience themselves. We want that kind of an experience in life. Life is, is hard and so much of life is, is filled with doubts and questions. There's a, a murkiness uh, about uh, things regarding the Spirit in so much of our life. Uh, the author of the book Ecclesiastes uh, speaks of it, uh, it often gets translated vanity, but it's, it may be better uh, thought of as, as like a wisp of smoke. Something that as you go to, to grasp at it, uh, it, it just dissipates, ungraspable. And that's our experience of so much of, of our spiritual life. Uh, it leaves us with often more questions than answers. But then there comes along moments <laughs> like what Peter, James, and John had. Moments where things become clear. I know for many, uh, that moment is when you are sitting and you are holding a newborn baby, your child, maybe your grandchild, and you, and you look into its eyes. You look at those tiny little toes and Toenails, how could they be so tiny and, and so perfect? <laughs> and in that moment, you're overcome with a sense of awe, of wonder. And being someone who has been nurtured in the faith, you recognize that this is a moment of worship, for you recognize that this 
This child of yours, this grandchild of yours, is, a, is one who has been made in the very image of God. And it causes you in that moment to start asking and, and wondering and basking in, in just the wonder of life and what a gift it is. There are many such moments that people experience. But like I said, they come few and far between. For Peter, for James, for John, it was uh, an awesome moment. A, a moment that, uh, uh, that left them also perplexed in wonder, fearful, and yet comforted, and all of those things all at once. And Jesus then tells them, don't tell anybody about it until after the Son of Man, that is Jesus, is risen from the dead. And of course, in the Gospels, we have this account of them going up the mountain. And so they did tell the story. But what's amazing is that in Second Peter, we actually have Peter's account of this. Uh, we heard it this morning. It was our uh, epistle lesson. And I invite you now to turn in your pew Bibles, grab those up, and turn to page 185 to the second letter of Peter. It's in the New Testament, page 185, near the back of the book. Page 185, the second letter of Peter. Our lesson that we heard this morning begins at verse 16. And Peter writes, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For we received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So it is that Peter, when he was going about and, and ministering to the churches uh, that he was founding or that uh, he was encouraging churches that had already been founded, uh, he was giving eyewitness testimony, saying, I saw this with my very own eyes. Jesus transfigured his face, shining like the sun, his clothes dazzling white. More than that, not only did I see this with my own eyes, with my own ears, I heard the voice of God speaking to us out of the cloud of glory, confirming just exactly what Jesus had said about himself. This is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. So Peter recounts for these churches this mountaintop experience, this time in which he saw Jesus for who he really is, revealed in all his glory, unveiled before their eyes, 
the majesty of Jesus. Son of Mary, yes. Also, Son of God. Divinity enfleshed. We heard that voice. But you know, if you listen to people talk about their mountaintop experiences, it, it's amazing. And you may even be able to find points of connection with those mountaintop experiences that you've had. But as I've already said, you know, these moments come kind of periodically in life. And so much, uh, they're, they're, they come so infrequently that much of our life, most of our life is lived in the proverbial valley. <laughs> but what St. Peter wants you to know, to remind you of, is that God is in the valley too. And that yes, he heard the voice of God up on the mountain, but he had the word of God in the valley In Matthew's gospel, it's so clear. God, after saying, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased, he's explicit to James and to, to John and to Peter. He says, to them, listen to him. He's God in the flesh. You've seen this now, confirmed with your own eyes, with your own ears. Now, even when you don't see the glory, even when he's walking in the valley, listen to him. And our scriptures record the words that he spoke. So it is that St. Peter continues in verse 19. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. St. Peter wants us to know that we have something that is even more sure even more certain than a spiritual experience, mountaintop though it may be. Yes, you will have moments in your life. You've experienced them already. You will experience more. Moments of great awe and awareness Uh, Moments of feeling close to God. But even when you're not experiencing that, which is most of life, St. Peter says, God is there and he is speaking. And in fact, this is more certain 
more sure than even those spiritual experiences that you've had. Great though they may be, significant though they may be, encouraging though they may be, we have something that is more sure, more fully confirmed. This is the Word of God. The Scriptures called here the prophetic message, the prophecy of Scripture. The word there about uh, sure or or confirmed, this word in the Greek uh, conveys the meaning of, uh, of solid ground. Something that you can step on and know that it's going to bear your weight. You're not going to fall through. So you can step out in confidence onto it. He says that is what the Word of God is. The Holy Scriptures are solid ground. that You can step out in faith trusting them that they're going to hold you, that they will support you, carry you through life. That's especially important when you're in the valley and you have all those questions and doubts. The St. Peter here continues by saying that this word is like a lamp shining in a dark place. The, the word there for, uh, for dark is, uh, it really is murky. In a murky place. Where it's, where it's hard to navigate. You've had experiences of driving through the country here in, in Wood County. The fog comes in and it is thick like pea soup. If you didn't have those headlamps, yeah, they may not do a whole lot on your car, but man, they at least let you to see that little white line. You're just going to follow it one little foot at a time till it gets you to your destination. Right? The Word of God is like that headlamp on your car. It's a light shining in a dark place that helps you navigate through the murkiness of life through those places where you aren't seeing the face of Jesus shining like the sun, but you have the light. The same light of God, the words of Jesus, the words of the apostles, shining like a light to guide us until the day dawns, till that day when we will see Jesus with our own eyes and hear him with our own ears, his voice. St. Peter makes it clear that, that this word, this solid ground, is different than other books. This, this here, this prophecy of Scripture is not a matter of just people who wrote something down uh, because they were you know, felt like there was something interesting to say. There are libraries and bookstores filled with books of people that had something to say. 
had something on their mind, had an idea, and they wanted to convey it. We can find many such books. But he says Scripture is different. The prophecy of Scripture is not a matter of one's own interpretation. No prophecy ever came by human will. It wasn't just something that people decided to write down one day. But men and women, men and women were moved by the Holy Spirit from God. That word for moved is the same word that, uh, that St. Luke uses when he's writing the book of Acts to talk about sailing ships. He's talking about some of the journeys that, uh, that Paul was making eventually to Rome and they were sailing in these ships and he was being, and the ships were being carried along by the wind, right? The sail, full. And they're being carried along almost passively, right? The, the wind is just catching, the sail catches the wind and it, it moves. That is how our scriptures were written for us. Yes, men and women wrote down using their, you can compare book to book and, and hear the personalities and the writing styles are different, but the author is the same. Through these human authors, the author of it all is the Holy Spirit who conveys to us the very words of Jesus, who are that, the word are the light shining. So it is that even as God spoke to Peter, to James, and to John on the mountain, listen to him, we too can hear Jesus' words and be guided along in our life through them. If you look back in Second Peter to verse 3, it talks about God and Jesus, our Lord, and His divine power. It says, His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. His divine power has given us that is everything needed for life. Whatever you need in life, God has given it to you. And when you're in those moments on the mountain, that's clear. What we need to remember is that in most of life, when we're down in the valley and things are murky, to call to mind this promise that His divine power has given us everything needed for life. Everything needed for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. It is a practice here at St. John's that, that we have daily readings from Scripture that we provide guides, and, and there are many such. And if you don't like the one that we have out for you, you can go online and find your own daily readings for Scripture. We don't do that just so you can check a box and say, all right, did that, did my reading for the day and put it aside. We read the scriptures not only on Sundays but on a daily basis because they are for us the words of life. They are light. 
to get us through the murky darkness of life. And they also help us to interpret those mountaintop experiences that we have from time to time. I encourage you this week, using whatever system you want to use, pick up your Bible. Pick up these prophetic messages, these words of Scripture, the words of Jesus. Pick them up. Read them. They are light for your path. In the name of Jesus, amen.